You may be busy doing something while you listen to this podcast, but you're never too busy to eat healthy if you eat Vite Ramen. This podcast is sponsored by Vite Ramen. Show support for a sponsor that supports Moore's Law is Dead at the link in the description. And if you do, make sure you use offer code BROKENSILICON. And you can also support Moore's Law is Dead if you need Windows keys or software at cdkeyoffer.com. If you go there, also use the code BROKENSILICON for 25% off Windows keys or die shrink for 3 percent off everything else on the website all right now let's get on with the show Welcome to Broken Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Blackwell Tom, and I'm joined today by my co-host, <laughs> uh, Zen 5 Dan. Zen 5 Dan, which, yeah, I, we both, this is the, you know, for everyone listening, the one of the banked pre-recorded podcasts that we are putting out while we are trying to get a week or two off this year before, well, before NVIDIA makes it so that our you know, I think we can thank AMD for making our break shorter on the one end by launching RDNA 3 so late in 2022. We can thank AMD on the other end for launching the 4070 Ti right when we get back. So thank you for both of them. But well, we're trying to relax while this podcast is coming out. This was, you know, pre-recorded. And so it's mostly focusing on things coming out in 2023 but i don't think we should be afraid to talk about other things coming out right after that as well like rdna4 and uh blackwell and zen 5 so Mm -hmm. which i think we will get firm rumors of what those things are by the end of next year wouldn't you say especially i'm sure yeah or relatively firm yeah i would guess so Mm -hmm. um but you know let's just uh Let's just jump right into it. I think we want to try to avoid being hyper-specific about specs and stuff moving forward, because God knows over the two weeks we're off that some things could change. But I think that there's nothing wrong with us talking about the releases we know are coming out next year and beyond and what we're hoping to get out of them. The first thing I'll bring up, which is something I mentioned in passing with David on the previous episode, but I want to make sure I mention it again, is those much maligned tariffs we were all scared of uh, they've been exempted for at least another nine months. And I told this to David and I'll tell it to you, Dan. It sounds like a lot of people think that NVIDIA lobbied some people very last minute to punt these tariffs some more. So mm-hmm. there will not be a, on average, 20% increase to graphics card pricing next year. And by the way, this probably saved the 4070 Ti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would look really bad if the 4070 Ti had to launch and then suddenly everything in pricing jumped up by like 10 or 20 percent now the unfortunate thing is uh what would it be it would have been episode 140 184 that we recorded this came out like an hour after we were done recording or something so (laughs) i know we talked about tariffs and passing and i know i brought it up and can amd fix rdna3 and what went wrong but i want to point something out here guys I have emails of AIB's warning their retail partners that if they want to keep graphics card prices at the current sold to retailer pricing, they had to order by like December 15th. So mm-hmm. this was a thing AIB's were pushing. In fact, one of my contacts said he's lucky 
that his location was considering overstocking cards to avoid tariffs and decided not to last minute. And then 12 hours later saw, oh, the tariffs are exempted. Thank God we didn't make a bad decision there. Yeah, that <laughs> that would have sucked if they wasted. I, I guess I don't know how much money that would have cost them, but uh, presumably a lot of money just having to uh, pay for that warehouse space. Right, but or storage space in general, warehouse or whatever this wherever the storage is. Yeah, riverboat space. Maybe they store all their graphics maybe, cards yeah, on a riverboat. They, maybe they keep it uh, hidden in a casino or something. Maybe uh, they have a secret casino. casino. Probably not. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought this was an important thing to bring up for two reasons. I'm sure in the previous episode there will be plenty of people typing in all caps. The tariffs were not gonna. Yeah, but guys, any decision making AMD made about shipping RDNA three. They didn't know these tariffs were going to be lifted. This was definitely part of their calculation in trying to last minute ship in RDNA 3 at the end of December, which we're seeing. The XC keeps arriving in stock on Newegg. The decision making to rush the RDNA 3 launch, it was affected by these tariffs, guys. I'm sure of that. And AIBs mm-hmm. were freaking out about it. The fact that it changed last minute just means, I don't know if we should say NVIDIA got lucky. <laughs> NVIDIA got their way and it still affected everything that went into decision making. But This is good news. This means that I really do think, which I guess this can be our first conversation here. I really do think prices are spiking slightly right now because it's the holiday Christmas Mm -hmm. rush. I think they're going to go down more in quarter one. I think so, especially in the high end. Yeah, I mean, there seems to be a lot of uh, disenchantment with the... uh, offerings uh with the new offerings other than the 4090 right now so you know maybe the 4090 will hold its price but i, I think I, that one can yeah i i would imagine ampere the rug is going to have to be pulled out on pricing with that at some point uh i think rdna2 depending on the card is fine or fine right now maybe needs to go down a little bit and then rdna3 and like the 4080 crap we'll see but uh, I don't know if prices, especially on like the 7900 XD, are can hold forever if no one is buying those things. Yeah, I think the XTX and the 4090 will hold their price. Um, and I think that you know, I, me and David were talking, and I, I I put it to him this way, I, and I put it to to whether it's the 7900 XT or the 4080. Dan, can you see 20 million gamers saying, I'm going to go buy a 4080 for 1200? I know some no, may be buying I mean, them now. No, I, I, I don't know. I just, how many can I see are... a few hundred thousand say, I'm going to pay uh, 1600 for a 4090? Yes. I cannot see like 10 million people going out and buying the 4080. They're going to have to lower the price. Yeah. And if they, they do lower the price and it goes all the way to like, crossing my fingers all the way down to like a thousand well then that will have a knock-on effect and hopefully force the like xtx price down because at a thousand dollars i think it becomes more of a debate which one of those you should get but right and i think we're gonna get a pretty big canary in the coal mine on this one with what nvidia does with the 4070 ti because it's actually quite an interesting thing to think about On the one hand, RDNA 3 has fallen short, but I do think AMD is going to be able to improve it with drivers by at least 10%. 
And God knows what we've seen out of clock speeds. There is room if they add more infinity cash and clock at 10% faster, they they can bring out something 20% better. So if you're NVIDIA, I don't think you want to be cocky and look at the 4080 and say, oh, well, AMD yeah. fell short. But I don't know, because the canary in the coal mine I'm bringing up is if the 4070 Ti is priced at 900 freaking dollars, or frankly, even just 800, I don't know, guys. I, I think we're just going to see a spectacular thing happen where maybe consumers reject it again or we or nvidia really i think nvidia that would be nvidia seen if consumers blink like they're playing chicken they mm-hmm. see that gamers are still running towards them on the road you know on the bridge with the 4080 and we didn't flinch now they're going to say well will you flinch at this well because like, maybe nvidia just wants to send a message no we really are raising prices deal with it I, but i yeah, don't know that's the I only mean, reason i could see them doing that that's kind of what Jensen Wang said what, uh, when people were mad about pricing. Uh, so we'll see. Eventually something will have to give uh, and they'll have to lower prices or, you know, they're just going to have a bunch of stock of 4080s and maybe 4070 TIs, depending on how, uh, <laughs> how much they decide to uh, test uh, what we'll put up with. Um, but, uh, Something has to give, or they're just going to say fuck it if they can't and release weaker cards at some point. Because this crap where we're getting it isn't working for consumers. So, like, you can't just tell us this is going to be $1,200 if no one is going to buy it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Something we'll have to give. And, and that's why I say, or I will be impressed by NVIDIA's shrewdness. If, because they can totally afford this, the 4070 Ti costs less to make, I believe, than, or yeah, probably a little less to make than the 3080. There's no doubt in my mind they can price this at 700 and have decent margins. Um, if they price it at 700, they would just say, and you're fucked, AMD. Mm-hmm. You know, Which, and they have this opening. AMD, we all thought NVIDIA left AMD the biggest opening ever. Well, AMD swung and a miss. Now NVIDIA has the move for a follow-up punch. If they make the 4070 Ti 700, which granted everyone, yeah, I think it's sad. That's what we're hoping for. But <laughs> if they make it 700, I think that's when we're going to see AMD have to buckle. And there's no way around it. The The 7900 XT, even if it, in its current unfinished state, it I think it is going to be at least 10% better than the 4070 Ti or it's not going to lose and it has double the RAM. At the minimum, it's not going to lose and it is double the RAM. If it's the same price, I think people say, I want the 20 gigabyte card. But I think that would allow AMD to lower prices and if they do, then, you know, then they'll have a winner again. But I don't know. I I think that's what the thing to watch with these releases next year in pricing. And I do think as it stands, like the 7900 XT still should have been 800 hell maybe maybe even 750 i don't know what the 4070 ti is going to end up being priced at uh i think that's going to dictate whatever amd however amd responds if once again i think it needs to be caveated with a big if if they even do respond or if they're all just going to keep these inflated prices because they think it doesn't matter (laughs) you know i've got to bring this up too this is just coming to mind so by the time this comes out, I'll have leaked that I have pictures of a 
NVIDIA Titan engineering sample. And you've seen mm-hmm. this for a while. <laughs> you've known about this for a while. I've been saving this. What do you think they should price that at if they ever did release it? Because it's interesting. I thought it sounded like from the people I talked to at NVIDIA, this thing was canceled. You know, it was melting itself. It was tripping breakers. Um, and they shelved it. But if they take something, give it the full die, and I don't think they're going to try to push to 600 watts um, anymore because that doesn't work. How many uh, SMs are disabled for the 4090 again? I think about 11% of them. Okay. So they have room here to give it all, to give it 11% more SMs, probably to push up clock speeds a little bit, and they could probably give it faster RAM as well. I don't know if they'd give it 48 gigabytes, but they might. I would suggest they should. And, you know, at least the engineering sample I saw was this absurd four-slot monstrosity. So the the hypothetical I'm saying, I'm not talking about a 4090 Ti that they toned down a little. I'm saying, no, 48 gigabytes, four slots, 600 watts, not 700, but I think, yeah, 600 watts or at least 550 or something around there. And they get something 20%, let's say 15% better. You know, it's a bigger distance than the 3090 to the 3090 Ti. It's 15% better than the 4090. What do you think they price it at? Uh, I I mean, probably like 2,500. Maybe they would be bold and try to go all the way to 3,000 even. Yeah. I think... I Here's what I don't know. The A6000... Okay, so like seven grand. That's what you got to wonder, though. They have a $7,000 48-gigabyte card. So if they sell the same thing, but it uses double the energy, oh, and it yeah. doesn't quite have professional drivers, there's a cost-saving there, but it really costs them more to make. Like That's what I don't know is, do they price it at like $3,500, $4,000? Because you never know. I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I think, though, $3,000 minimum. I do. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if they go all the way with... If, the, if it has 48 gigs of RAM, I guess... All bets are off on the pricing. If not, I would bet twenty four. Yeah, if it's twenty four, I would bet twenty five hundred or something. Would that be insulting to you if it had the same amount of RAM as the forty ninety and it's called a Titan? I don't know. I don't care what the Titan is. The Titan's kind of always been a stupid card. So yeah, I think they go for three thousand. They did it with Volta, and they would have. But the the thing I think is they're not launching this Titan unless they're looking at RDNA three and they're going oh. They fell short. We might be able to hold the crown for two years. Let's do it. The problem, though, is RDNA 3 Plus could be another generation better. And if that happens, they're leaving themselves open to look super silly. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. But would you agree that the Titan being canceled, seeing RDNA 3 fall short, this increases the chances they may reactivate that program? You know, I I don't think there's any urgency for them to need to put it out right now um they have the crown i'm assuming unless they could make giant margins on a titan i don't see the urgency (laughs) into them needing to reactivate it like it may just be stupid yeah you know and at the end of the day it might be better to just make a 24 gigabyte 4090 ti for like 2500 Mm -hmm. yeah i think i agree I think I agree. I think the thing, because what I was told is they decided it's so dumb, so overpowered, like it's not worth it. But I do. It is fascinating, right? In that leak, they called it the Titan. That's mm-hmm. crazy to me. <laughs> Have the gold coloring. 
Um, all right. Well, let's move on to another thing coming out next year. And let's just make this its own um, discussion. So, like, not just the i9-13900KS, this 6 gigahertz, you know, thing that we already talked about that I leaked when it's coming out. How do you think this is going to, or, or I guess, what are your hopes for this against Zen 4X 3D? What do you, what's a good outcome? Let's phrase it that way so the conversation isn't the same. I mean, a good outcome is if this magically doesn't use like 400 mm. watts or something. You know, like if they manage to boost performance by 10% and it actually uses the, nearly the same energy. Yeah, because it's just, I, I don't know what the outcome is can be other than that because it's a at the end of the day it's the same it's the same thing but overclocked so i would guess it's a slightly higher bin a slightly higher bin version of the same dies so how much better can the cpu be like it's not like it has any new bells and whistles like the x3d variants have so at the end of the day, the best you can hope for is it gives you like 10% better performance and doesn't go absurd with energy usage, or I should say more absurd with energy usage. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't, that's really all we can hope for. And and I, and I continue to think they are just going to push it hard though, and that the availability will be fairly limited. But you know, if you're listening to this, I guess we would probably be finding out in a couple of weeks anyway. So I don't have much more to say about that, but it's safe to say that you expect it to get crushed by the 7950X3D. Yeah, I, I would guess so. Like, who knows? Maybe the uh, 13900KS can eke out like the performance crowd in some context or in, in like production. There's in, a chance uh, it could maybe hold on to the multi threading crown, I think. Y- yeah, but if it does end up using 400 watts in the Zen 4X3D, like clocks as well as uh their non 3d very x3d variants and uh you're really just getting minimal to performance gains to pretty significant performance gains depending on the task for as far as i can tell not that huge of losses in any other way like mm-hmm. I, I i would bet that it uses somewhat more energy but i don't think it's going to be absurd like uh what's going on with uh with uh raptor lake <laughs> i think worst case scenario it uses slightly more energy i don't think well i guess we'll see you know i've heard they are doing interesting things with boosting on this so that, uh, they realize that they didn't get the knockout they thought they would get with zen 4 and they need to be extra aggressive with the effort they put into making zen 4 x3 as best as it can be and i will say that guys seriously from what I'm hearing, this isn't just like, oh, it's the 5800X3D again. They put more, that was the beta generation. They put thought in how to make this gain more performance in more mm-hmm. scenarios. It, I think it's going to be a surprise winner for, I mean, everyone expects it to be good, but I think it's going to be better than a lot of people expect. Is that for X3D? You know, let me bring up this question then. What pricing do you think needs to happen? Because do they need to re do they need to announce this with price drops, you think? Um, I mean, I think what could happen is you get these uh semi-permanent price drops you're seeing right now or hold hold or uh semi-hold and like I don't know, it goes up by like 10 or 15 bucks. And then the X3D variants replace uh the old tiers. The the old tiers at the same price or 
I don't know, maybe $20 more or something than their original tier. Um, right. Maybe they do I think seven fifty for the X3D. They drop the price of the non X3D uh, 16 core to like 600, a little more than they're charging now, but 600. They dropped the 12 core maybe to like 450 X3D version of it, like 580, you know, you know, like something like that. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think that's the best case scenario uh, is it just replaces the old tiers. Worst case scenario is, I don't know, they try to get like 50 more dollars or something out of the uh, X3D models uh, than the original MSRP. Yeah, well, worst case scenario, I think, is if they did, yeah. Well, I guess they might. They might charge eight. I think they, there's a chance they will just charge 800 for the 7950X3D because it's probably going to dominate at everything yeah they could (laughs) um but let's move on from that then speaking of dominated everything we gotta bring up phoenix dragon range and raptor lake mobile this is going to be the thing heavily talked about with jared's tech the episode following this one you know i'll go first on this one actually Uh, one of the things i'm hoping with regards to the things i just mentioned i hope phoenix ends up still bringing a graphics increase you know i've always been someone telling people the phoenix hype was way too high like way too high but i still hope it can bring like a at least 40 percent performance improvement in graphics over rembrandt despite using rdna3 and if it does we'll say hey look at this variant of rdna3 it hit its design goals same amount of compute units 40 percent better maybe 60 percent better that's my hope and we'll see. You know, I'm not saying it's not like oh, yeah. we just saw RDNA 3 fall short on desktop. Maybe Phoenix will fall short on laptop with its iGPU performance as well. But if it doesn't, that tells us not RDNA 3 isn't inherently bad, that something's just wrong with Navi 31. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have with like uh, their higher end stuff or the CPU performance. I, I guess I don't have too many thoughts on it because I'm assuming, you know, Dragon range is just going to get them finally into the uh, high, high-end laptops, and Phoenix is going to keep them, I think, where they've been dominating for the past few years anyways. But it would be really nice to see, A, like you say, RDNA 3 have a successful application of it uh, <laughs> to prove that RDNA 3 isn't just a, I, I don't know, waste of a generation and I hope Phoenix takes off with a uh, graphics performance just because I, uh, 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 people are constantly hoping that there's an APU that is truly viable as like a low end gaming, uh, as a, for low end gaming. And I think if you get bet- a little bit better than what Rembrandt had, it Phoenix could easily be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. And let us not forget, though, Phoenix isn't it. They're going to have Phoenix basically slotting in exactly where Rembrandt is used. Mm -hmm. And then below that, I've confirmed uh, by some Twitter channel, all the Watts, which I don't know this guy, but I do know these specs are correct. And I had to give them credit whether wherever it came from. uh, There is little Phoenix and it has the L3 cache I was told it had, which I thought suggested uh, four cores, eight threads. Turns out, no, it's two Zen 4 cores and four Zen 4 C cores, giving you 12 threads total. I don't know. Like, I think this thing has like a very small die size from what I'm told. I It doesn't have that many work groups, but I actually think this could work really well in budget gaming laptops. Like you have four, six cores, 12 threads, 
probably something that's using 10 to fit 20 watts. Bundle this with a 4050 or, or or better yet, you know, Navi 33. I think you can have budget $700 gaming laptops easily. This is this is awesome. Yeah, that that could go into something like that. My worry with this stuff, uh, these types of uh, APUs or CPUs is always that they're just going to go into Mm. relatively cheap laptops and nothing, even though they are theoretically interesting uh, CPUs, they never actually have anything, any interesting application for them. You know, the new notes I have for little Phoenix are that it is the cost optimized version Mm. of Phoenix. (laughs) Phoenix wants to be the best at everything. Graphics perform eight core performance efficiency. This Basically, it seems like it's trying to make something that like almost half the die size, that's 80% the performance in CPU and half the, I think it would be less than half the performance in GPU. No, it's a third of the performance in GPU. So I don't know. It's cost optimized, but they didn't say bargain bin. Mendocino isn't even out yet. So that's what that's for. So I think there is real hope this will be bundled with graphics cards. Oh yeah, there's definitely a chance. Um, I just think that I I just always feel that um, mobile CPUs are advertised for these types of things that and they don't really go into that many products that they discuss in their marketing or they don't go into many of the types of the products that they discuss in their marketing and they kind of just get slotted in and like, I don't know, uh, in a cheaper Asus Zen book or something. Yeah, I guess the other other caveat I'll put about Little Phoenix as well is it sounds like it might be coming out. And I think I probably said this in my Little Phoenix leak. I don't actually remember if I touched on it either way in that original leak. Uh, But it sounds like it might be coming out after Big Phoenix, like maybe Mm -hmm. notably after it. So there's always a chance Phoenix comes out first. Actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, this makes sense. They keep selling Cezanne and Rembrandt in the low end or in the bottom half of the stack. And then once that stock's drying up, that's when the Little Phoenix comes out. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's probably what's going to happen. But no matter how you put it, though, Little Phoenix is going to bring, I mean, just fantastic performance for the price and efficiency. Then Phoenix is going to take the typical crowns i think you expect an efficiency in laptop which efficiency just means more performance by the way most of the time and then above that dragon range dragon range is just gonna take the gaming crown and i've confirmed recently that dragon range x is definitely coming i said it was almost certainly coming but now i know that variant is done and and amd is just firmly wants to take laptop enthusiast gaming (laughs) this gen and frankly i don't see how they can't little phoenix phoenix both on four nanometer chiplet-based 16 cores with vcache. I mean, they can bring you something that probably has i9-13900K gaming performance and a 65-watt form factor. Intel is fucked in laptop next year. Unless uh, they can pull an efficiency rabbit out of a hat with Raptor Lake Mobile. What we've seen out of Raptor Lake is that I believe at the mobile TDPs and testing, Raptor Lake is wildly more efficient. Like, crazy more efficient than alder lake um in fact it seems like at i don't remember where the inflection is but it seems like at like 95 like at below 100 watt tdps there are some where i if i remember correctly zen 4 was only like 20 percent better or something mm-hmm. but then remember that if you add vcash the tdp doesn't change and it's just going to become 
the same performance as Full yeah. Send 4. So, no, the efficiency difference is going to be more than that with Dragon Range X. It's going to be like 50% better or more. It wins. And then below that, you're going to have Phoenix on 4 nanometer that's going to crush everything else. Is actually built. not Guys, <laughs> Dragon Range isn't even built for laptop. Phoenix is going to be the one that mm-hmm. crushes Raptor Lake Mobile. In rea- like, I just think Intel's in for a very, very rough 2023 when it comes to laptop. And frankly, as we're about to get to most things. Yeah, I, I I mean I guess we'll just I I don't know what the um what are their high power usage variants called again I always HX H okay they use I couldn't remember if they were HS or H or HX or something <laughs> I I we'll see what they get out of their HX variants though. Mm-hmm. Jesse here may know how to fetch very well, but she really hasn't learned one of the main things any viewer of Moore's Laws Dead should know by now, and that's that you don't need to overpay for Microsoft keys. This piece of content is brought to you by cdkeyoffer.com. There's just no reason to pay exorbitant monopolistic prices for Microsoft Office or Microsoft operating systems anymore. Not when you have someone like cdkeyoffer.com, who's been a fantastic sponsor of Moore's Laws Dead for many years now if you're looking for anything from steam games origin games you play games or playstation keys or reasonably priced microsoft software go to cdkeyoffer.com today click the links in the description and use the offer codes broken silicon for 25 percent off microsoft keys and die shrink for three percent off everything else on the website don't be like jesse here who's chewing on my chair right now be smart don't overpay for online software and go to cdkeyoffer.com today Um, Chris Rich writes in and he says, my old laptop is slowly dying. So for 2023, the potential product I'm looking forward to the most is Dragon Range X. The 5800 X3D was like Zen 4 coming early. And X3D versions of Zen 4 might be like Zen 5 coming early, at least for games. And I think it'll be particularly potent for laptops. I'm assuming it has a reasonable price. Well, we'll see. No promises on that ever. Uh, can anything beat it in 2023? I don't think so. I... I- Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially not with what I should have leaked before this came out about Meteor Lake. I don't know. I, Meteor Lake just does <laughs> Meteor Lake just does not sound like it's gonna pan out, guys. Um, you know, I'll I'll skip the next reader mail too, because I just said that I think the 7950 X3D is coming, not just an eight core. Mm-hmm. But l- let's roll right into the Raptor Lake re- Raptor Lake refresh and the Meteor Lake discussion. Basically, my understanding, at least as of this recording, is that whatever happens with Meteor Lake, guys, it really seems like it's coming out classic Intel TM half a year late. Like, Meteor Lake's coming out late 2023. I don't know what Intel will announce at CES. They announced a lot of things about Alchemist, didn't launch until quarter four. It sounds like... There's very little chance Meteor Lake can come out before quarter three, and it might be quarter four, and that's just a laptop. And so that will be coming out after all variants of Dragon Range and uh, Phoenix are like firm, probably on the market and are available. And then by the time Meteor Lake isn't just announced and out in a few models, but fully out, AMD will be talking about Strix, which is, I'll say, guys, I, I've been told it's a whole family of complex APUs that I think is going to have a field day with Meteor Lake. So 
I don't think Meteor Lake itself is bad. From what I've heard about IPC, it's underestimated. I don't think Meteor Lake is inefficient. It sounds great, but it should have been out to compete with Phoenix. And if it's out to compete with Strix, I don't know what you guys want me to say. And I hope it even still comes out to desktop. If it does, it's not... I don't think it holds a candle to Zen 5. It's just... I I don't know what they're going to try to do with a Raptor Lake refresh and Meteor Lake, but they're all... They're not enough. Yeah. And based on my understanding of Meteor Lake is... Right? It's It's going to have lower core counts than Alder Lake. I mean... Maybe this will be on on laptop. It that depends. might that's probably less of an issue on laptop. Mm-hmm. So maybe on laptop you have some like good six core, uh, big core configurations that are good for uh, some gaming and thin and light de- uh, laptops. But it's not going to take the performance crown in anything. I don't think. <laughs> not against Strix. I don't. Not think against so. Strix. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, we'll it, see about the others versus old generations there's always a chance it will take over phoenix i i think it could be maybe a little i think it can be competitive with phoenix but phoenix i went out half a year after phoenix who cares yeah i mean it might beat phoenix i i mean i guess i don't know if what your thoughts are on if it could beat dragon range or not but um no then once we're at strix that's its own (laughs) not in multi-threading it's not that's good that's gonna range of multi-threading yeah (laughs) and And strix is a generation after that. So I think that's already a lost cause. And again, I, I I haven't finished all of my script for the meteor likely coming out before this, but Dan, it it sounds like if it comes to desktop, they might stop at like the I five tier. That should tell you everything you need to know about if it's going to compete with dragon range, you know, maybe gaming, but certainly not (laughs) multi-threading. Um, QH Freddy writes in and he says, it has been rather quiet lately from the Intel nodes front. What's going on? No news is good news or not? Um, It's too soon for me to say for sure. My update right now is it seems like Intel 4 is not a basket case like 10 nanometer, but it certainly isn't going perfectly. And Intel 3 is having issues. Mm. And that's the one they need to get Granite Rapids out on time or they will be having... Emerald Rapids compete with the 192 and 256 core variants of Zen 5. So, yeah. Not good. Yeah, so I, I would say it's not 10 nanometer, but it isn't perfect. And <laughs> Intel told us they were going to get out like two nodes a year for three years. Did anyone believe that was going to happen? <laughs> um, You cross your fingers when they say that, that they're being uh, truthful, but I mean... Intel that doesn't deliver on its goals in a timely manner ever. So, all right, not. I mean, yeah, certainly not lately. I don't know if ever, but yeah. all right. Let us move on to the next conversation piece, though. Intel Fishhawk Falls. I don't know. This might be announced at CES as well, or something. Like I leaked first the twenty-four core, then Intel showed off a thirty-four core. My understanding is that thirty-four core is coming out after the twenty-four core. Um, but they have, you know, real generation here of workstation chips. It's what are you hoping out of Fishhawk Falls? Do you think it's going to be enough to make a real dent? Because I think we agree. Look, Zen 4X3D is going to crush Raptor Lake. It probably just about everything that people care about will be more efficient. What do, what do we care? But what about Fishhawk Falls? Can this occupy maybe a segment that Raptor Lake can't get to? If it takes a long time for... Threadripper to come out, I guess 
maybe there's some space for it there. Um, other than that, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just you want stronger cores more so than more cores. So I don't see how a 24 core Alder Lake or 34 core Raptor Lake die is going to do anything to the gaming crown Zen 4X 3D has. And in terms of multi-threading, well, okay then. If you want gaming, 7950X3D, and it even has 16 cores if you want to do other stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if a 24-core Fishhawk Falls chip really is going to do much of a dent to 64-core Zen 3. I don't know if it will. Because who's buying I mean, it not for multi-threading? I mean, there will be AI uses and mixed workload uses that will make it a niche for sure, I think. But I don't see AMD caring. They'll say... Oh, here's 64 core Zen 3 X3D. Whatever. Bye, everyone. Yeah. I, I What's the so the top is the top is the uh, 34 core configuration then for mm-hmm. Raptor for Lake uh, or whatever it Raptor Cove. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they call. It. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe if those cores are way be- <laughs> way way better than Zen 3, which I don't think the evidence really shows that they're. Twice as good as Zen 3 cores, uh, they could mm-hmm. make a dent uh, in Zen 3 Threadripper. But I think that's the best hope is f- for uh, Fishhawk Falls, just because I don't think Zen 4 Threadripper is coming out for a while, right? Yeah, I mean... Or presumably not. Yeah, l- let's move on to that then. Um, basically, my understanding, and I haven't looked for an update recently, so take this with what you will but my last updates were threadripper isn't being rushed along at all that we'll be lucky to get it by the end of next year like well zen i mean threadripper if, if zen 3 threadripper is anything to go by yeah <laughs> it's not, not a shocker yeah yeah so i guess we'll see the one thing i will say though is if fishhawk falls makes a dent there is really nothing stopping amd from launching a 32 core cheaper hmm. workstation variant you know, that has Vcash. And what do I think will win? 32 Zen 4 cores with Vcash that are likely to be 350 watts or the 500 watt 34 core Raptor Lake that has to throttle its cores down because of how much energy it's using compared to a 32 core Zen 4 that can probably boost all cores crazy high. I I think we know who's going to win that exchange. And so from AMD's perspective... I just don't think there's any argument for them to rush anything right now, especially if AMD thinks they're going to crush Turin. I'm sorry, crush Granite Rapids with Turin in 2024. But there's a chance, and I think they're aware of this, that Granite Rapids will be getting closer to their performance than certainly Emerald or Sapphire Rapids even remotely tried to get close to. If you're AMD, maybe you just ignore Threadripper because, hey, you know, this is a war. You can't win all battles with a total victory. This is the last year AMD may have a complete field day and server. It's not saying I don't think Turin's going to destroy Granite Rapids. It probably will. But not as much as now. If you're AMD, you want to focus on taking more server market share. Threadripper almost seems like a joke to bother with. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have... Maybe, uh, maybe Fishhawk Falls is, I mean, Fishhawk Falls is probably going to be better than like a 32 core Zen 3 Threadripper, but you know, that's available. Maybe that's their answer to Fishhawk Falls for the time being. If, 
if they respond with Zen Four Threadripper like at all next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I just continue to find it interesting that I hear rumors that um, Sienna's basically. Well, I mean, they've said it like Sienna's coming out like late next year, and that's also when I hear Threadripper may came out come out. There's just a chance they're just not even launching Threadripper until Sienna's ready. They don't see a point to competing maybe and <laughs> using any of the actual Epic chips until they have a cheaper variant. But yeah, I mean, outside of all of that, all I would add on to this is uh, with Zen 5, it occurred to me my last Zen 5 related leak thing. Besides, I guess I had updates in my AMD Epic and Intel Xeon Mega Leak, I called it. My last focused Zen 5 leak was from 2021. I think we're due for me to really round the wagons on what's going on with Zen 5 early next year. The thing is, mm-hmm. I think we generally know what we're getting. 192 cores in server. Uh, at least 256 cores for the Bergamo follow-up. Um, an IPC increase, that's at least as good as Zen 4. And if you're getting 192 cores in server, I think that would suggest we're getting at least 24 cores. Uh, I, I have to double-check because they've tested multiple chiplets, core counts. Like, we're getting a core count increase, new accelerators, and a decent IPC increase. So I think we generally know what we're getting, but it's time for me probably to firm this up. Yeah, I mean, then again, like... I, I guess I don't know how much more new info is out there. <laughs> Zen four, Zen four is still relatively new at a minimum. That's true, and, and it has been a conscious decision by me to just. I mean, look, my Lovelace and RDNA three videos are getting like one to two hundred thousand views. Mm-hmm. A focus on that over some early Zen five leak. Like I'm disappointed. My Panther Lake leak got like fifty something thousand views. Guys, come on. <laughs> no one else had even said Panther Lake yet. Give me give me some credit here. But, you know, it's so far away that it's probably not worth focusing on yet, but it's starting to get there with Zen 5. And I guess also it's worth pointing out, like, Zen 5, If I think that's coming out, like, quarter two, 2024. Mm-hmm. So everything is going to be finalized pretty much in a few months or, like, start to really be close to final then. So leaking before things are finalized is also just kind of stupidly risky. <laughs> Yeah, And I've learned that the hard way a few times this year. Like, just stop with the stupidly early. So I've gotten some things crazy accurate really early, but what's the point? There's enough to talk about that's coming sooner. Don't guess what could happen if they might end up going with a different design. Yeah. (laughs) Dino999 writes in, and he says, Hello, Tom and Dan. I didn't really have a favorite product of the year, but instead I had a favorite time of the year. Quarter 4, 2022 was a blast. PC parts were incredibly cheap, almost like they were just giving me 6600s for free. I built a few builds with good performance for around $550. The best part was when these companies' greed finally caught up with them with the oversupply. I'm only excited for Phoenix and Zen 5 in 2023. Well, Zen 5's 2024 slipped. Does any news on Zen 5 and a general number of core count? Is it double per SKU or should we expect it to be less or more? Well, I just basically answered the question. Um, you know, I think at least 50, at least 50% more. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm I, kind of leaning towards 24, of course, if I'm being honest, guys. There, there's multiple versions of Zen 4, 5 based on multiple nodes. That's what you guys need to know. So like when I say there might be multiple options, this is something they may just do. And I think it would be interesting if there was like an N4X version that pushed 16 even, just 16 cores again, but to like six gigahertz with a huge IPC increase. But then they had the like three nanometer variant that's like 24 or 32 cores, same IPC, but clock 20% lower. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Th- these are things, uh, what if they combine them? What if there's an N4X chiplet with a... 
N3 chiplet. I mean, technically, it's the same architecture, so Windows would schedule it easy. I don't know, guys. You we'll know, <laughs> yeah. But that's where this is coming from, where I'm like, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. A few cheeky memes writes in. He says, hi, all. Lately, I've been wondering what Ryzen will do with Zen 5 as far as segmentation goes. Zen 4 seemed to cop a lot of flack for not, as you say, giving consumers more multi-threading for free, Tom, which I agree with personally. I believe Zen 4 is a better buy than Raptor, like all things considered, even if they didn't increase core counts. But do you think AMD will make segmentation differences with Zen 5 to avoid the same flack this time around? For example, the R5 is what amount of cores, the R7 is what amount of cores, the R9 is how many more than 16 cores. Thanks for all your incredible work. And Tom, for being the single highest quality hardware leaking content creator I know of. And then also for David, who is just on for making incredible entertaining content that focuses more on the products people would actually buy instead of the ultra high end. Um, Yeah, so I would say they have to raise core counts per tier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't I, think they'll do something absurd like just go, oh no, R9 still 12 cores and up and it's half the lineup. They, they did do, do that with the 200 series. That's the only reason I suggest that kind of stupidity. If they do that, I mean, they need to drop pri- prices on their, uh, they need to drop prices on their segments. So the R5 needs to go to like $200. The R7 needs to go to like $300. And then the R nines can be four hundred dollars and up or something but i think a better thing to do is just rearrange their allocate i mean their segmentation where i don't know maybe the lowest core count next year is i mean next gen is eight cores that's an r5 uh r7 is 12 cores and then maybe r7 is 12 and 16 cores and then r9 is 24 cores or something yeah it's hard to say exactly what they'll do, but I think we agree, especially if they use N4, uh, especially N4X, if it's cost allowing for the, you know, six core and eight core, like it would be interesting if they had like a six gigahertz six core for like 250, mm-hmm. like, but I think that's kind of what we should expect. I don't think they're going to be super generous. I think they'll get better, and I think they'll change the naming. But if they have a 6 gigahertz, for example, I'm not confirming. If they have a 6 gigahertz 6 core that has like 20% higher IPC than now, even just 15%, I think they go to 250, not 200 for 6 cores. And that'll just be the, uh, what would it be then? God, I don't even know what will be at, like 99 maybe? Because they'll have one for mobile probably. I don't know. That'll probably be like the 9500X or something. And then the 350 is where they'll have the 8 core. And But again, it will be like 50% better than what you have now for the same price. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, I think they I, have I mean, to change yeah. that. If they get to really high core uh, clock speeds, may, like maybe the prices I just laid out won't be necessary. But um I think if there is a six core in the lineup next year, I mean, I keep saying next year, next gen, oh, it's Zen 5, uh, which, yeah, I, I, I would probably bet that there will be a six core. It needs to be cheaper than it is. Unless now. it is just like 12 core chiplets, then maybe not. Maybe they just start yeah. at eight. That'd be sick. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if I had, well, like I was going to say, like if they had six cores, I mean, I would bet if I had to, there would still be six cores, but. It could go either way. Eight core might be the lowest option next gen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, All right. Well, let me 
move on then to this next subject here, which I just titled uh, Lovelace and Laptops. Um, it seems like they are probably going to try to market something as a 4090 laptop edition based on the rumors going around now. I'm not going to double down on anything because this is pre-recorded. But yeah, I think at a minimum, what we can say is Lovelace is going to be crazy, crazy impressive in laptop. And this is going to be a big performance boost, maybe mm-hmm. just as big as desktop, to be honest. Eh, I, I mean, if they throw in a essentially a 4080, I, I guess, or, or something into laptops, yeah, that would be pretty big. I mean, it's funny. We look at all those rumors of like, well, I mean, I confirmed they had a dual 16-pin Titan. <laughs> you know, we we talk about that. We talk about the fact that they were considering clearly pushing the 4080 to like, you know, 400 watts with how big its cooler is. And we just thought, oh, man, Lovelace seems to not be that efficient. I, I think the takeaway is they were that scared of AMD. Yeah, because uh, if you look at um, people that do overclocking content, I mean... It, the uh, Lovelace is clearly a pretty efficient uh, architecture, and mm-hmm. they just pushed it way outside of what it should be running. And I mean, if anything, you look at Lovelace, and I mean, what's on desktop now, for all we know, is the least efficient yields. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so I think at a minimum, guys, here's how I'll put it. Um, my. I, I, I overclocked undervolted my 3090 before it was stolen. Uh, and I think I had it running at about 310 watts for this comparison. Um, so it's a fair apples to apples. I haven't even undervolted <laughs> my 4090 and I got it to perform 5% above stock at 350 watts. So I think <laughs> there's no way around it. In that comparison, one to the next was an 80% performance increase over this tweaked 3090. So I don't think it's insane to think that, you know, we thought Lovelace was going to double performance, but only increase efficiency by 50%. It seems like they increased performance by about 90%, but actually doubled efficiency. So I think there's no way around it. I think you're going to see the top you know, laptop 4090, as they call it, which is really 8103, 60, you know, so it'll be a 16 gigabyte card. You're going to see that in laptops, I think. And I think it's going to be like a 150 watt variant that's within, it could it'd probably be within 20% of a 4080, meaning they're bringing 3090 Ti performance to laptops and they will bring 3090 performance, I think, to like 15 inch laptops. Yeah, and that'll be, <laughs> that'll be crazy. I Like, I just, Man, like you said, Phoenix. it needs to be highlighted how like that's oh, awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. It, lo- love packages getting stolen, Tom. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I can say uh, uh, add at this point to like the GPU discussion with laptops is hopefully they re- revert on some of the absurd naming schemes they did with Ampere. I doubt they will. It doesn't seem like it to me from what I'm looking at. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> Knobhead writes in, and he says, do you think high-end RDNA 3 Mobile will have an answer to the 4090 and 4080 Mobile? I think this is the first time a 90-class card is being released for laptops, which makes me think they may might be overestimating RDNA 3. No. <laughs> I don't. Not yet. I think maybe late next year with RDNA 3+, Plus, which they've already confirmed is something in Strix, but at least right now, 
I think all we've got to hope is that Navi 33 works far better than expected, which people tell me it does. But at this point with AMD, I want to believe, see it to believe it, guys. Now, if Navi 32 is the hot, the high 33. End, well, 32 would be the high end. Yeah, go on. If sorry. Navi 32 is the high end, they put on uh, laptops. I don't think there's a chance Navi 32 is going to pull, is going to beat uh, 8103 on laptop. It's less no. efficient. We know that now. It's already Navi 31 is already weaker than uh or similar to a 4080. Similar to a 4080, we'll just say, yeah. 32, there's no chance that on laptop 32 is can be pow- more powerful than 8103. Now, that doesn't mean I think it's going to suck. No, that it, it, I just don't think it's taking the performance crown. No. It could be good. I, I, no efficiency. Yeah, uh, unless Navi thirty three is a uh, uh, go to one hundred three. If Navi thirty three is one of the best dies ever designed, which who the hell knows? Maybe it is, or it's just this great die. Maybe they'll have a really good like mid to low end uh, GP uh, gaming GPUs for laptops. Which I think they will have a good thing, but you have to keep in mind, guys. This is a six nanometer chip. If it mm-hmm. even vastly overperforms expectations, I, I think the best you can hope out of mobile Navi 33 is like sub $800 gaming laptops are now easier to do. And it, they now have something that performs. Um, I mean, I would say performs like a 3070 laptop. You mm-hmm. know, if they can make it perform like a 3070 laptop edition, but it and it should it should but it costs like half as much and so you can get it into like $800 laptops 3070 laptop performance instead of $1200 laptops that's cool and i think with navi 32 if it overperforms expectations which we'll have to see i mean i think you know even in laptop you're going to see something that probably performs like uh maybe a 3080 at best or at least like a 6800 and bringing 6800 performance to laptops that previously were probably just given like you know navi what 23 options or something like 6700 m so you're getting 6800 performance instead of 6700 performance that's an improvement and don't forget navi 32 has 200 millimeter square to 5 nanometer and only four of those mcds so we're talking about something that has less silicon overall than navi 22 mm-hmm. like this thing could be like the same cost this will be like the the laptops right now that have a 6700M, they just got a 30% performance boost with no price increase. So yeah. I think it's going to be better from AMD's perspective next year in laptop. But I think the wowzer moments are going to come from Lovelace, no mm-hmm. matter what. Um, Aiden FS writes in and he says... AMD has officially switched to yearly changes to the first number and naming for mobile chips. 7,000 was 2022. 8,000 is 2023. Because GPU and desktop seem to line up with this as well, does this mean that we will see Navi 32 as 8,000 because it comes out next year? Um, I don't think so. But it is an interesting suggestion that it would be in laptop, but no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I, think, I think the answer is no. And it is funny to think how we were talking about in a previous episode. Um. <laughs> we were talking about how AMD seemed to change naming every year. This is the last die shrink. 
because OEMs wanted them to, like when they used to rebrand things all the time. Mm-hmm. Now they're still doing that with uh, uh, APUs and laptop, and a lot of those are rebrands. So I guess that is their peace offering to OEMs that want new naming schemes every year. Yeah, I know. It's annoying as hell, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree. But I think we now have more insight into why they're probably doing that with mobile. Um, Golden Bolt writes in and he says, does Navi 31's apparently disappointing performance quash any hopes for Navi 33 being good in laptops? So to say 2080 Ti performance with Zen 4 in a laptop is anything to sneeze at if that's what it ends up being, but I don't know. I definitely will be disappointing compared to the hopes that it might have been 6800 non-XT performance in laptops. Well, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, on desktop, I think the most you can hope for is a 6800 in 1080p. And then on laptop, that means, yeah, the best you can probably hope for is like a 3070 in 1080p, but it's way Mm -hmm. cheaper. But that doesn't mean it's not good. It's cheaper. It is less silicon than before. Nothing changes about what we've said about RDNA 3 costing way less to make than Lovelace. And I suspect Navi 33 is going to perform much better than Navi 31 did, relatively speaking. Hopefully I'm right about that, but I, I, I think there's... You don't doubt that that's totally still a reasonable expectation. It could still happen. No, and... I, it's monolithic, I, you know, so all bets are off on this one again. And uh, Navi 32 is still there, and... <laughs> the, the, yeah. I don't know. We'll see We'll see the type of performance that Navi 32 delivers on laptop as well, but... A few cheeky memes writes in, and he says, Hi, all. I've seen your content on Navi 33, the 7600 XT, being best-case scenario a 6800 in 1080p and likely below a 6700 XT in 4K or something. Throughout all of 2022, my number one recommended GPU was the RX 6600 since it was so close to 3060 performance for so much less money. What do you expect out of performance and pricing for an RX 7600 non-XT? Merry Christmas. Um, I mean, what do I expect? So what would this be cut down then? So subtract 20%. A non-XT? 350. I don't know. For pricing. (laughs) Well, I think the full die is actually smaller die size than the 6600 XT. So I don't think we can rule out that it may be 350 for the XT version. We'll have to see. Could be 400 though, certainly. You know, what's the best case scenario? I mean... It, what do I what do I expect? What's the best case scenario? I think three fifty could be what it is. Best case scenario, it'll be three hundred. I mean, we're seeing mm-hmm. them sell a sixty six hundred, which has a bigger die for two hundred dollars. <laughs> so, I think it could be three hundred. You know, three hundred to three fifty for the seventy six hundred. Um, and where would I put it in performance? Thirty sixty Ti maybe. The 3060 Ti performance coming to 300 bucks, which frankly yeah. doesn't sound great considering the current fire sale, but it is great compared to the previous MSRPs. That's why we keep saying, don't wait for next gen low end. Just buy these fire sale prices now. Well, yeah, that's what always happens. Like, I mean, that's what's going to happen. Like at the 600 tier of cards, you're not getting a new tier in performance anymore unless there's an insane generational uplift in performance, which. Mm-hmm. Especially from AMD, we're not seeing. Or AMD, we're seeing a pretty, pretty bog standard uplift in performance. 
I don't know about you guys, but over the holiday season, I tend to eat extra calories, and Jessie here is no different. She's probably about to go eat that bone right now. But you know, Jessie's a growing girl. She needs as many calories as she can get, and she's also a dog. She doesn't really think about if any of those calories are healthy, unlike probably most of you humans watching who are about to go back to work after the holiday season and want something easy to make that hopefully will help you get off some of that holiday weight. If that's you, consider getting Vite Ramen. Vite Ramen is a sponsor of this piece of content, and Vite Ramen is an American company that crafted a protein and nutrient-rich meal that takes minutes to make without sacrificing taste. You can use their classic packages that make it easy to add protein and ingredients of your choice, or the new Ramen Go packages that let you microwave something quickly if you really only do have a 15-minute lunch break. And you know, Vite Ramen has been an excellent sponsor of Moore's Law is Dead for over a year. They've been good to us. So if you're looking for something like this, be good to them. Click on the link in the description and use the special New Year's Eve holiday code Moore's Law to get 10% off any order and a free package of ramen additionally while supplies last. Go to the link in the description and use the offer code Moore's Law and buy Vite Ramen today. All right, let's move on here to this question from Brett Summers, kind of wrapping up this section before we get into the more of the futuristic final discussions. He says, hello, Tom and Dan. Kind of an open-ended question here, but I just want to know, how do you guys feel about the overall feeling of the CPU and the GPU market going into next year? Do we finally have competition from all vendors? Are things better? Eh, I don't know. I... I I think the CPU market's okay right now. I don't think the CPU market's ever been as bad as the GPU market. The GPU market is right now better than I think it was for the past two years, but I'm... It's never been worse, though, you know? Yeah, I think the GPU market is still bad, and I'm worried this is a short reversal uh that's going to give way to a that same trend back to that same trend of esca- of raising prices because that's what both of them are trying to do at this point mm-hmm. we saw again nvidia go out and make a bunch of bumbles they had problems with 16 pins melting though it didn't turn out to be a giant issue it was still a thing that was repeatable by several outlets. They <laughs> treated their AIB so badly, EVGA stopped making graphics cards, and they so woefully <laughs> were out to lunch on 4080 pricing that for like the first time in years, a card didn't sell out at launch that's high end. And yet, it just feels like AMD walked out and said, we'd like to fuck up as much as you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that. So it's yeah. hard to say. AMD did the exact same thing that NVIDIA did. The bright spot of new GPUs is a 4090, which is a $1,600 card. So I know. Eh, I don't think the <laughs> GPU space is, is in a good place because... It's not where <laughs> we want it to be. Yeah, because it's just like, I, I'm imagining these cards, cards coming out like the 4070 Ti and the 6800 XT. I mean, not 7800 XT. And I'm just thinking, like, what are those going to be like around a 3090 in performance, hopefully, for, uh, I don't know, 700? Exactly, right. Maybe 900, depending (laughs) on uh, if it's if both of those come out and they're closer to like 
650 to 700 i think that would be a miracle i'm not expecting that but it that's what's sad is it almost feels like a miracle with these pricing gulfs they've created for themselves but i mean my guess is the 7800 xtx is going to be full navi 32 and hopefully it's just because there isn't as much of a power limiter in place like they're going right up against the limits with the other one they can push this to 250 watts easy and hopefully be 10 to 15 percent behind the 79 the 7900 XT which mm-hmm. would place this thing as being basically a 3090 um and then if they put it at 700 okay 600 it's an improvement but not a big one and then yeah that's probably going to undercut the 4070 Ti that frankly will be lucky if it's 750 and if they are at the level of it like a 6900 between a 6900 XT and a 3090 um I think that's about what you should expect on average for a new generation. Like the car, the cards replace the level of performance. Uh, Once you're in like the middle of the pack, the cards replace the level of performance of the number above them of the previous generation. So like the 60 of the new generation has the level of performance of like the 70 of a previous generation. If we get that, that's okay in my opinion as long as they don't do that and also just give you the price of like a th- <laughs> the those prices of the previous generation which i that's not going to happen with like the 3090 but it might happen with like i mean 3090 level performance but i could see it happening with like 3070 3080 level performance where they just raise the price of the 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 3060 is now like 550 dollars or something stupid so Oh, the thirty, uh, the forty sixty is a thirty seventy level performance for the price of a thirty seventy is I, the worst case scenario I could see happening. Well, and let's be very clear about this. You know, if Nvidia actually prices the forty seventy Ti at eight hundred to nine hundred, and AMD actually, well, let's say they get out to lunch again and they try to price Navi thirty two at like eight hundred dollars or something mm-hmm. absolutely absurd, Navi thirty one. Only half of it's five nanometer, but half of it is five nanometer. And that just right there is like a flat, like, I don't know, $40 silicon cost increase. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then they also have eight more gigabytes of RAM over the Navi 21 from last gen. Okay. Well, then we can also say that's just like a flat, like, I don't know. I mean, I can literally do the math here. So let me just do it. Like, let's say it's seven, maybe even eight if we're being generous to AMD here and what it costs them times eight so that's a 64 so you're basically at a minimum navi 31 costs a hundred dollars more to make and then we can also assume there's packaging costs all right so you kind of can sit here and go well all right so it is cool the 7900 xtx which should have just been called the 7900 xt is a thousand they are giving this out of it's generous but they're being reasonable there and okay they're being ridiculous with the 7900 xt but frankly speaking, they probably wouldn't be being ridiculous if it was 800. When I look at Navi 32, no, it has less silicon than Navi 22 and 16 gigs of RAM. There's no way around it, even accounting for the five nanometer cost. It costs less to make than Navi 21. So at a minimum, if they charge 700, it's a little shitty mm-hmm. and it really should be 600, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I don't doubt that it could be for the simple fact 
that the 7900 XT, even if we know it should be called the 7800 XTX, the fact that they priced it at 900 means they were willing to lower the price technically of what they called the previous card. To me, that telegraphs, they might be willing to call the 7800 XT or XTX $600. They might. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, moving on to some final points here. Timo H writes in and he says, Hi, Tom and Dan. Question of CPUs and possibly GPU performance creep. Now that consoles are getting old enough and new gens and PC are coming out, could we see games demanding at least RDNA 2 and Ampere GPUs and high-end Zen 3 in this year's games for PC? Some games already put CPUs in a tough spot like Spider-Man, but granted, those are usually tuned to the max. No, there's no way. I think the new Call of Duty requires like a 1050 Ti. Yeah, no, I mean, I think in a world where uh, GPU performance or increases in GPU performance are slowly becoming less necessary every generation, like, I I think you could probably go all the way back to Turing for new releases still. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. And CPUs, I, I mean, I think anything... Zen Plus, at least, should probably be semi-okay still. Yeah. Well, I I guess um, I I just hope after seeing a generation that brought another large performance increase, which say what you about RDNA 3, even if they don't fix it, they still brought a standard tiers performance increase Mm -hmm. over a generation where they doubled performance and NVIDIA just doubled performance over a generation where they raised it by 50 to 60%. So we're still in a situation where graphics cards are massively stronger than the start of this console generation yeah that's true i would hope that next year it's 2023 we're halfway through the console cycle we start to see games targeting ps4 that barely can hold 30 hertz in our 720p games on the xbox series s target 900p with a shaky 60 hertz and then you just you you got your standard 1080p 120 and then dynamic res 1440p 60 or, th- you know, 3K to 4K dynamic res 40 minimum. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like the Resident Evil, what did they call it? Like 4K 45, even though it was usually over 50 <laughs> with ray tracing mm-hmm. turned on. It's time for that to be the standard so that we can really start pushing the PC graphics to make 4K 120 hertz the standard. This is long overdue to stop trying to run PS4 games in 1080p, yeah. I think is what i would say but the ps4 oh god how strong is it <laughs> i'm trying to think of a i don't even know anymore like it's weaker than a 6400 i think so the 6500 xt is probably stronger than an xbox series s so that should tell you a lot guys and anyone who disputes that guys this xbox series x is four teraflop i mean series s is four teraflops the 6500 xt i think is five or six Mm-hmm. <laughs> no it uh and it's bandwidth it's clocked so much faster i think it actually has more bandwidth and some infinity cache so no guys the <laughs> series s is like maybe rx 6400 performance it, it's time to stop trying to run games on that ridiculous system at like <laughs> 1440p come on it's a 900p console you bought a 900p console <laughs> yeah um all right so We have a few final subjects here. Do we want to say anything about ARC? No. I I don't know if I have anything to say. I'm pessimistic. 
you know, after this comes out, I'll give you my assessment of what I think about Alchemist after I test it. I just didn't have time to do it this year. We'll see what I think about it. I'm pessimistic. I don't think next year is going to be the year of Battle Mage. I think if we're lucky, we'll get a low end Battle Mage or maybe mid range in 2024 or something. So let's just throw that out. Um, but then, you know, then there's RDNA 3 Plus. Me and Adored really thought that, think that there's a good chance RDNA 3 Plus could be a thing on desktop. Can't say for sure, but there's a chance. Do you have any hopes that that happens, that they just like fix this generation by set 10% and then the end of next year there's a new lineup that's 30% better out of AMD? Or what do you think? I mean, if it's just RDNA 3 Plus, I'd be surprised if you got 30% better, but I don't well, know. But I it's fixed, you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, if they get like 10% more performance out with driver fixes, maybe you could uh, get an RDNA 3 Plus with like a. Uh, 7950 XT or something that's 20% better than what we have right now with this uh uh with the 7900 XTX. Mhm. So I think we agree, well, of course we do, that RDNA 3 at least right now, maybe they'll fix it from what people tell me they could, but at least right now it is just flagrantly fallen short of what AMD said it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I haven't looked it up yet. I think someone said there's even an interview where you can see AMD saying we're going to take on the 4090 a few months ago, by the way. I need to find that if that's true, because I mean, I just need to stop with the the bullshit guys like AMD clearly thought they were going to match the 4090 and didn't. Um, but even if RDNA 3 fell short, are you any lot less optimistic on RDNA 4? And if you are, is it a lot less or is it just like, will you answer the question? You know? I, I mean, I don't know. RDNA 2, it, it, when you show me one impressive thing and then you kind of fall back to previous trends, it's just like, I, I don't know. RDNA 2, I, I don't know if it was a blip. I don't know if RDNA 3 is the blip. Uh, so, I, I mean, I would say I'm less confident in RDNA 4 now. But yeah, which one's the blip? We don't know. That's a good that's a good way to put it, I think. Um it just felt like everything was getting better every gen though, gen after gen going RDNA one to RDNA two, but I guess two data points does not make a trend. Yeah, and RDNA one wasn't bad either. It was like I AMD's saying we're going to be resurgent, and then they rdna2 came out and i was like look it we're resurgent now and rdna3 they're more or less holding uh they're at the high end now uh when a lot of people would say that they really previously were only getting to like maybe low high end to mid-range a lot of the time uh versus nvidia but eh they're they're now competing with the 4080 again they're not competing with the 4090 really where at least not yet uh, the 6900 xt i think you would clearly conclude that the 6900 xt was weaker than the 3090 but eventually at launch it was actually they were close uh, and their age bet aged well yeah they were close for most of the time and i would still say at the end of the day the 6900 xt is a 49 i mean not 40 a 3090 competitor mm-hmm. yeah yeah you yeah even if ampere aged 
well, you wouldn't say the 6900 XT is all of a sudden a 3080 competitor. Yeah. It's 60% more RAM. 1440p, it's still bloodbath in favor of AMD. Yeah. So I don't know if bloodbath wins by 5 <laughs> to 10%. You know, I keep forgetting that's the generation where everyone freaked out over 5% performance wins. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess... I guess this is something I discussed with Adored, and I just kind of want to get your opinion on it before we say goodbye to this episode. But like, I just don't see where NVIDIA goes from here because from what I'm hearing, Blackwell is like an 800 millimeter squared three nanometer chip. And if I look at the performance we're expected to get out of three nanometer and then multiply that by the bigger die, I think it seems like they're going to bring another 450 watt 5090 that is 50% better than the 4090. If that's what they do, um, and it's gonna cost a shit ton. If they can keep it at sixteen hundred dollars, cool. If they can't, I think people will stop caring. Oh God, I just realized something. What? Yeah, look, I don't remember what the bomb cost probably is for the forty ninety, but I would suggest it's. I remember it being like around. It was a lot. It was probably. It was probably around eight hundred to a thousand dollars. Meaning, oh, don't worry, they're making Nvidia profits, sixty percent profit margins minimum, maybe even a one hundred percent margin on the forty ninety, right? Um, but the forty eighty, I think, costs more to make than a thirty eighty, but maybe like twenty percent more. The thing easily could have been nine hundred bucks or a thousand. Do you think they price the 4080 1200 preemptively because they know there's no fucking way the 5080 is below 1200 given the cost of 3 nanometer? Or or N4X if they use N4X too? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, maybe. There's always a chance. And, but it's also them just seeing how much more can we get out of people, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. If I think about what the cost is to make Ampere, which it's still kind of hard for them to sell below those MSRPs, by the way, from what I'm told. Um, then I'm like, okay, well, that means the 4080 could have easily been 1,000, probably 900. But now if it's on N4X and the die costs, the dies are now twice as big. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. They might want it to be 1,200. Maybe that's what's it. Maybe it's just getting everyone used to $1,200 in the 80 class, which they desperately wanted to get it to for the longest time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's something I'm thinking about. Um, and if they do that, I don't know. I guess we'll see what AMD's response is. But there's no way around it. They're only using 300 millimeters squared of uh, N5. My guess is RDNA 4. I don't know if they'll go to multiple graphics chiplets. Um, I know they are trying to right now. But even if they don't, I think they can easily go to a 400 millimeter squared three mm-hmm. nanometer die which would give you double the transistors again or something so i i would expect them to be much more competitive with blackwell though even given what we've seen wouldn't you agree that you expect it to turn out way better than this yeah probably i mean i'm just more doubtful than i used to be yeah which you know why wouldn't you be mm-hmm. but i don't know i i, I stand by whatever performance estimates i said for rdna4 at least a 50 percent increase over now I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to let two data points isn't a trend, but one data point also isn't. And I have no reason to change that yet. Having said that, let's calm down the doubling performance again for a bit until we <laughs> see if AMD can fix RDNA 3. If RDNA 3 gets fixed in, a, in even half a year, I'll say, okay, I'm feeling better now, but mm-hmm. I want to see that first. 
All right. Well, that was all the subjects. You know, we just got through Blackwell and RDNA for thoughts. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to bring up from that we're looking forward to in uh, 2020, 2023? Eh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I talked about console stuff with David a decent amount. So I kind of got that out of the way. I think, uh, no matter what, there's going to be a lot of interesting things launching from everyone, including the console manufacturers next year. And this is going to mm-hmm. be another fascinating year of discussion. So all I can say is this should be coming out right after New Year's Eve as the first content drop for Moore's Law is Dead in the new year. And thank you so much for supporting us. If you got yeah. this early and ad free, you're on Patreon. If you didn't, you could have if you were on Patreon, guys. And we're working to try to get Patreon video moving now. There's like a thing going on with that that I'm trying to get into, mm-hmm. like a new program they've got going on. So that's going to take more effort, though. You know, all of this constant content that we had come out over the break is only possible because there's patrons telling us it's worth our effort to put out that extra content every week of the year. So remember, if you want more content, if you want the content to get higher quality, if you want more leaks like that Titan one, which was only safe for me to show because I have a render, I can now pay some money. Frankly, I think it's 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 so much work, and we want to hire so many people to make it easier on everybody on the team. You know, remember that we can't do more unless you support us on Patreon. So please do. Can if not, we do understand though. Of course, like, subscribe, share. You know, subscribe to Broken Silicon on podcast apps as well. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us. I don't know, everybody. That's all I got left to say here. I'm exhausted from this year. I'm ready to talk about another year. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye, everyone. This podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website Moore's Law is Dead. Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Laws Dead podcast, videos, articles, and other media. However, I don't do this alone. Moore's Laws Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, and special assistance by Carbon Cry. Find all of our information, including the information of sponsors you can support, at www.moreslawsdead.com. If you would like to send fan mail or hardware to us, please mail parcels to Moore's Laws Dead at P.O. Box 60632 in Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37206. And speaking of fans, patrons are what makes Moore's Laws Dead content possible. The aging business model of spamming ads all over the content is dying. The future of media will be built on fans paying for the content they actually want to exist. And so if you have the extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on Broken Silicon, Die Shrink, and Loose Ends, and of course, access to the Moore's Laws Dead Discord, full of like-minded people who would love to meet you and talk to you about computer hardware. I am one of them. Additionally, higher tiers get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the entire back catalog of Flyover State's podcasts and other projects, Moore's Laws that is done, and thanks in the credits of videos and other perks as well. And hey, if you can't afford to support us, please do share Moore's Laws Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media, Reddit, and forums, and give Broken Silicon a five-star review on Apple Podcast or your preferred podcast app. All of this really does help so much. And if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, hire Tom for consulting, or are a person of interest who would like to be a guest, 
please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com. But as I said, this podcast would not be possible without its patrons supporting it. And so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels. Brad Medlin, Drita Fole, A.V., Anthony Greffer, Greg Pataki, Mohamed Al-Hurari, Brett Jones, Aaron Close, Little Germany, Jan Roundhill, Daniel Hyde, Shredbird, Brian Riggleman, Dr. Foreman, Sam Miller, Deke, Josh Law, The Mechanical Philosopher, Terrence Herod, SNES Chalmers, Tom Bailey, Greg D. Wanchik, Andrew S., Frank Zielinski, Daniel D., MJB1, Eric Jackson, Justice Brennan, Sammy Good, Valka Malev, The Boss Haas, Nicholas Buckner, Spin from G's Phantom, Jonathan, Lord Starstream, General Drips, Blake, Mexico Frederick, Matthew Lazier, Jensen Wang, Nathan Mose, Aziris, Gregory S. Acker, Dominique Cock, Jake Dude 23, Jake Martin, Cameron, Christian Lavoy, HardForum.com, Original Ross, Zlicky, Lance Passer, David Cowden, Ricky Tan, Christopher A. Butler, GZ Ziggy, Sarcastro, Stefan Hart, David Sebastian, Meat and Pork Stew, Tim Robb, Luis Correa, Ian Clifford, Jesse Jeskowiak, Travis Gooding, Holden Mobley, Nanny and Chris Risk, Deacus Learners, Mads, Zutsu Taylor, Stephen Coates, Michael McGee, Chuck Glidden, Sammy Malatz, Greg, AWS Danny, Patrick Grow, Abel Chief, Brett Summers, Milton, Stephen Dick, Tommy, Kunden, Brucha, Mark Mitchell, Mac Daffy, Delmin Peterson, James Anderson, Marshall Pierce, Mark Raidmaker, Dave Schultz, Dries Boy08, Hal Buma, Narithiel, Matthew Landavaza, Stefan, Cole Attic, Henry Zhang, Judson N, Heath Moore, The Grid, Michelle Pell, D31337 Antics, Joseph Kelly, Noah Nicoella, Hexa Puma, Chrysantine, Jerem Ferriera, Mayor, Keith Moore, Kita Abdul, Kadar, Precision, DNA Tech, Radeon Technology Group, John O'Shea, Royce Meyer, Charles Russell, Reginide Ari, Slushbot, Teak Autumn, Jackson Miller, JSMMH, Neith Rizink, Mean Dean, Cal, Andre Jacques, Gaiman Since Reagan, Jeff Settler, Jordan Simkovic, Loophole 35, Winstar, William Welpy, James I. Raider, Corey Leonard, Nalima, John Shim, Justin Bustle, Kelvin, Austin Hagerty, Roger Davies, Shay, William Leak, Corey Chappelle, Evan Dingle, C2, John Iverson, Samuel Park, Aaron, The Eternal Dreamers, Jansen, Angima, Mark Central, Derek Lambing, Michael, Fours and Pours, Himsa Gunning, RB Racer, Space Channel 5, Jay Terrino, and of course, thank you to Sahara for the music. <laughs>